We invite you now to get out your Bible or open up your Bible app um, to go to today's reading, which is from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 30 through 35. Also, please know that there are Bibles in the back of the chairs, and they are free for the taking if anyone needs one. And now today's scripture, John chapter 6, verses 30 through 35. So they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Amy. Grace and peace to you, beloved. I am Amy Wilson-Feltz. I'm the pastor here at Morning Star, and I would encourage you to leave your Bibles open. Leave your Bible apps open as we move through the scripture this morning together. Let's take a deep breath. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Lately, it has been a common occurrence for my youngest child to come to me or to her dad just before bedtime and say, I hungry, mama. That request is a bit annoying because we do feed our children really good dinners, but she is three and she is growing and those big hazel eyes are a bit difficult to resist. Plus that's our privilege. We can walk to the pantry or to the refrigerator and we can find a piece of string cheese or an orange or a glass of milk, something small and healthy to ease the hunger. Hunger unites us. It's a basic human need that none of us can afford to ignore. Every single person on the planet needs nourishment to survive and to thrive. Food, good food, is critical for strong bones and toned muscles and adequate circulation and robust brain activity, nourished hair, healthy skin, regular bodily functions, deep breaths, healthy blood cells, life. That last one really is the bottom line, and it's no big revelation. Without food, we will die. It can be a slow and painful death, taking up to a couple of months, but the undeniable reality is that food is essential for life. 
Perhaps that's why Jesus calls himself the bread of life and spends time talking about those who hunger. We'll discuss that piece a bit more later today. But for now, I want to make sure that we are connecting this life or death need, this basic human need of life and death, with how we pursue our mission and our vision here at Morningstar. This is why many of the ways that we serve each other and others in the community include food. You saw some examples in our giving video this morning. Our Lighthouse Food Pantry is the most obvious example, but our interactions with Camino Real Middle School and other schools in the district include feeding the students and the teachers and the families, feeding our neighbors. When we gather as a church community, for youth group each week, for celebrations of life, for potlucks, goodness, for any Sunday morning, right, Justy? We feed each other, and we feed each other well. This is no small thing. We feed each other because we understand that our need for food unites us, and that sharing a meal, breaking bread together, can truly enrich our relationships. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. We have the honor this morning of welcoming Principal Sean Mena back to our congregation. She serves at Camino Real Middle School, and many of you heard part of her fascinating personal story when she spoke with us in January. We are delighted to hear from you again this morning, so come on up. Please welcome Sean Mena. Good morning. <clears throat> I am Sean Mena. I am so the proud principal of Camino Real Middle School. I am so grateful to have that job and to be able to serve students. Um, I retired a year ago and moved to Las Cruces and loved, loved the community and um, was lucky enough to, to land a job at Camino. Um, standing before you today, I, I want to first say that our opening for this year, which was last week, with the teachers, you guys came out and you provided a breakfast that we have never had before. Uh, it could not have been more beautiful. Uh, everything under the sun was in that breakfast. And I want to tell you that, you know, one of the things that I think we could do with our teachers in terms of helping them grow is the word of thanks. Um, throughout the day, teachers came back to me all through the day to say, man, that was the best breakfast we've ever had. Uh, let Morningstar Church know that we're really grateful. And I said, why don't you do that yourself? Uh, because I think they would love to hear from you as well. Um, I think Reverend Amy knows how much I appreciate this congregation and what they do for us. Um, but I do want you to know that I got emails and um, statements all through the day. And I know that, um, you know, it's just food. That's all it is. But the reality is, is that it builds community on our campus. And it says to teachers, and I'm a firm believer in this, I'm going to share a story with you about it today, that when you open the, the year strong and you say to teachers as they walk through the door, we're glad you're here and we're going to show you how glad, that makes all the difference in the world in terms of how they roll out their year for our students. I'm on a principal's blog. And yesterday, one of the principals posted, there is no reason to begin the year with inspirational speeches and food and all that other stuff. Teachers don't need that. What they need is planning time. And then people got on after that and said, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. And then I got on and said, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's not true. They need both. They need both inspiration. They need a beginning of the year that, communi that creates community for them. And then aside from that, they do need planning time. 
But I start the year off every year with a celebration, an inspirational statement, and then we commune by eating together. And then I got all sorts of links to where there was proof that I was wrong. And then I got more comments. And then I got a few principals who said, yes, you're right. And then I just wrote back and said, I appreciate all your input, but I'm not going to change this. I know it makes a difference for my campus. And I want the culture on my campus to be good for my teachers so they feel good and strong in their classrooms. And I just want you to know that you're a very large part of that. And so thank you so very much for what you did. In terms of nourishment for our campus, I, I wanna talk about three things that I think that Camino's in need of. Um, the first is adult presence. Um, I can tell you that 95 to 98% of our kids do exactly what they're supposed to do every day. But we do deal with 5% of our students on a daily basis. And I can tell you that many times what they need is adult presence in their life. They need tough love. I'm a firm believer in that. I'm a strict principal. Um, I stand by that. I don't change my message. I expect kids to do what they're supposed to do. But on the side of that, I do think that the more they're influenced by adults that are doing the things that they're supposed to be doing, the better those kids are going to be. I know that was true for my own personal life, and so that's why I always say to our leadership team over there, we don't change our message, we're visible and we're here for kids every day, but we're gonna make sure they do what they're right, supposed to do. So I know that after school, we have a huge number of kids who come up here for a snack, and then they run right back down to the school and get on their bus or they you know, go with their parents, and they just come by here for a snack. And you know, at the very beginning of that, I felt bad because I thought, oh my gosh, we're taking advantage of the church, that's just so wrong. And then when I talked to Reverend Amy, she said, I don't care if they come by for a snack, that's fine. And then I thought, you know what, it is fine because that's good adult presence. I can't thank you enough for being here after school. There's always five or six people here. And uh, you know, I know Stuart sometimes will stand at the door and give them a quiz before they can get in the door. And I love that uh, because you know, he's talking to kids and that just shows, hey, there's a lot of people in this community that care for you and they're here for you. And I know last year when we locked down that a lot of kids came to the church after school and talked and processed what happened that particular day. And I thought that that was so amazing for them. So the first thing we need is adult presence. The second thing we need is any time that you can help us instructionally, that's gonna be a great thing. Uh, Camino is ranked as one of the top uh, middle schools in the city, actually statewide probably, but that's wonderful, but we're still very low. Uh, we all know that education in New Mexico needs some work, and the end result is that last year, just to let you know stats, 14% of our kids in math were on level, on grade level and only less than 30% of our kids were on reading and writing level. We increased the numbers in math by about 30%. I'm very proud of that, very proud of my teachers, but in English, we didn't move as hard. So this year, it's across the curriculum, reading and writing. We're gonna write, 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 and read, read, read. And so when they're here, if they're kind of hanging out, we might put out some activities for them just to support that. My goal is that when my kiddos get to high school, they're ready for high school, so that those next four years, that makes them ready for college. And so anything we can do um, to encourage them to do both of those. And then the last place that we need is nourishment is in social emotional learning. And that is that we need to wrap our arms around our students and make sure they know they're loved and they know they're appreciated. And so anything that we can do that helps with that, I think is going to be a gift to every student on the campus. The inspirational speech that we shared this year, and I always have something in mind, our, our theme for the year, which I think fits the, today's nourishment, is better together. 
And so we rolled out the ideology that we are better when we work as a team, we're better when we serve as a community, and so we are better together. And it is a story of a, a man sitting on a beach and a young child comes running by and all of these starfish have washed up on the beach. They've all washed up. And we know that, that if they stay there, they're going to die. And so this child is going and he's picking up starfish after starfish and throwing them back into the water. And the man says to the child, I have no idea why you're doing that. There are too many of them and you're not going to make a difference. And the child picks up one starfish and he said, I'll make a difference for this one, and then throws it back into the water. And that was the inspirational theme we gave to every teacher this year. We gave them that story in a little netted bag, along with the starfish, and we said, every child in your classroom makes a difference. You must know every child sitting in front of you, and you have to know the whole child. You can't just know that they're behind four years in math. You have to know the whole child as to why. And I just encourage us as a community to work together so that we take care of every one of those children that walk across our door. Because my goal and my heart has always been that I don't want to lose any child. I don't want to lose a child to education, and I certainly don't want to lose a child because of bad behavior or anything like that. And I just know the more adult presence, the better we're going to be. I cannot thank you enough for everything you do. Um, I appreciate the fact that you're here. Um, you are an integral part of the Camino family, and I, my heart and love goes to every single person in this room for everything you've done for us. And we will repay. We will service you as well this year. And so thank you so much, and I appreciate the privilege of speaking this morning. Thank you, Sean. You can see it either way is fine. It really is a privilege to work with you to make a difference in our community, and it's fun, right? It's fun, and we find joy in those moments when we realize that we are not self-sufficient. No matter how much we would like to think that we are, we, we can't keep ourselves alive by sheer force of our own will, right? We need connection with each other, and we need connection with the source of all life, and that is why Jesus calls himself the bread of life. And so you can see, if you have your Bibles open or your Bible app open, you can see that in verse 35, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. We are going to spend seven weeks in the Gospel of John. So I encourage you to read a little bit of the Gospel of John every day to orient yourself in the narrative. Because it is only in the Gospel of John that we find these I am statements. Now, you may not be able to recite all of these statements, all seven of them, but you are surrounded by six of them every time you come into the sanctuary. Look at the back wall. In the stained glass on either side of what we call the Jesus window. Now, if you are worshiping online, no worries. You can come check out these windows at your convenience when the church is open. But I'll also show you images as we talk about them. We're calling this series, I Am, Seeing Life Through Stained Glass, because these statements offer Jesus' own perspective of who he is in relation to the Trinity and also in relation to humanity and to the world. 
Essentially, these seven passages, these seven statements, offer statements of identity in Jesus' own words that are grounded in the experience that Moses had with the burning bush. Do you remember when he asked the name of God? What did God say? I am who I am. I am who I am. And there is no questioning the relationship between that statement and the statements that Jesus makes, again, only in the Gospel of John. So take a look at Exodus 3 this week to make that connection. These I am statements serve as a wonderful literary tool for the writer of John because he has a purpose of making a case that Jesus is worth our faith. Jesus is someone in whom we can believe, someone we can follow, because he came that we would have life, not just in eternity, but abundant life here and now. And so Jesus says in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. And you can see in your Bibles in verse 30 that this statement comes after a question from leaders about Jesus' authority to say and do the things that were causing a crowd to follow him. What sign are you going to give us, they ask, so that we might see it and believe you? It's an interesting question considering what he had just done a few verses back. If you go back to verse 22, you'll find the story of the feeding of more than 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread. It's a brilliant move by the writer of John to establish the physical hunger of the crowds and the spiritual hunger of the leaders. And for Jesus to present himself as the solution to both with the words, I am the bread of life. This is the sign, beloved. It's why we at Morningstar observe the sacrament of Holy Communion every week to keep that sign in front of us, to touch and taste the reminder of our reliance on bread itself and the reminder that we share in the same loaf. Now, some people don't like taking communion every week. They say the frequency makes the sacrament less special, too ordinary. And if that's you, I'm not picking on you this morning, but I want you to understand that that was the point. It's exactly why Jesus chose ordinary elements of bread and wine regular table fare that most of his followers would have encountered every day. It's his presence with them and in them that makes those elements extraordinary, mysterious, but they were never meant to be kept out of reach from anyone, for any reason, for any length of time. They were meant to be shared over and over and over again, and that is why John Wesley, one of the founders of our Methodist movement, wrote about the necessity of taking communion as often as possible. The tradition of taking communion once a month is just that. It's a tradition. It's tied to the fact that clergy members couldn't get to all of the churches every week. There were too many churches and not enough clergy people. For many years, our tradition led us to relegate the sacrament of Holy Communion to once a month, but our theology never held that restriction. Furthermore, Wesley believed that Holy Communion is a converting sacrament, which means people who don't know Jesus, don't believe in Jesus, don't follow Jesus, can encounter Jesus for the first time in the bread and in the cup. 
That's why anyone and everyone is welcome to participate in the sacrament of Holy Communion in a United Methodist Church. It's the same reason we tend to feed people whenever we gather to fellowship and to serve. It's the same reason that I cannot bear to send Olivia to bed hungry. We understand that no one is meant to go hungry in body or in spirit. No one is meant to go hungry. That is why we come to the table. So I would like you to take a deep breath with me now. 